The Honorable, the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit is now in session. All persons having any business before this Honorable Court may give their attendance and they shall be heard. God save the United States of America and this Honorable Court. Court is in session. Today's cases will be called as previously announced and the times will be as allotted to counsel. The first case today is Jennifer Moore versus British Airways PLC, appeal number 21-1037. Attorney Chris Anthopoulos, please introduce yourself for the record and proceed with your argument. Uh, good morning. My name is Kevin Christianthopoulos. I represent the plaintiff appellant, Jennifer Moore. Uh, may it please the court. Um, I believe the majority of the facts in this case are, are not disputed. Um, essentially, uh, the plaintiff appellant was traveling uh, to Boston or from Boston to Heathrow International Airport in London via the defendant's airliners. Uh, upon arrival, the jet bridge was broken, uh, which set off a series of events, um, including uh, the necessity to use portable stairs, uh, which were brought over to uh, disembark the passengers. Uh, I the think, pass counsel, you can safely assume that we're familiar with the facts and that we've read the briefs. Great. Thank you, Your Honor. I, I, I'll move along. So, um, I, I believe the, the controlling test in this case was set uh, in Sachs, in Air France v. Sachs, um, which I, I presume the court is aware as well, um, the injury is caused. Um, by an unexpected or unusual event or happening that is external to the passenger. All right, let's, let's look at that statement. There's no question in this case that what happened was external to the passenger. So, we're, so we're now focused on unusual or, or, or unexpected. The, the, the use of this particular type of portable staircase, it seems to me, on the facts as I understand them on this record, there's nothing that indicates that this was unusual. So the issue in this case is going to focus on, on whether or not the use of this staircase with this uh, steep uh, final step, uh, whether this, this meets the unexpected prong of the, of the test. And, and I'm... My real question for you is how do we determine whether something is unexpected? The question is unexpected to whom or by whom? Well, thank you for the question, uh, Your Honor. I, I would suggest uh, it was certainly unexpected to, to my client. Um, but is that the test? It is not the test, I do not believe. It was also unexpected to an, uh, another passenger who was with my client, also not the test. but. Um, the plaintiff retained an expert in this case um, who opined that the, the excessive riser height um, was uh, unreasonable and was dangerous and it led to this misstep. Um, so I believe with the expert testimony uh, in this case, it, it, it certainly, um, I think, sets forth that it was unexpected. Unexpe but, but again, unexpected to whom? You say not to your client, not to the other passenger. I would say unexpected. Un un unexpected. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I, I, would, uh, I would say unexpected to the, the average traveler. Okay. The hypothetical reasonable passenger, something like that? Correct. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Um, and I, I think that the, this case is, is, is actually very similar to, to, to Fishman. Um, whereas in Fishman. Hey, counsel, be, before you get into that, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just uh, wonder if I might ask. 
one question. Um, if the standard is the hypothetical reasonable passenger, would we take into account, would discovery, should discovery provide the answer to this question, would we also take into account the history of, in this case, your client, a particular passenger? If you had a frequent traveler and it were established that that person used these um, outside stairs with the, 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 this particular riser uh, difference many, many times, would that factor into the determination of what a reasonable passenger might expect? Uh, great, great question, Your Honor. Um, I, I would say it, it definitely would be a factor if someone uses these stairs on a weekly or monthly basis so that they're, they're familiar with uh, the step. Um, in this case, there's evidence that my client has not uh, used portable stairs in the past. So how, so how would you describe the test if it's not just reasonable passenger, reasonable passenger in these circumstances? Or do, do you have a phrasing that you would use? I, I, I don't, Your Honor. Okay. Um, um, so it, I, 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 I wonder, and, I, and I'm simply asking you to consider this, I wonder whether the circumstance that Judge Howard mentions, does that go to whether the to whether the event is unexpected or does it go to some possible defense such as such as whether an airline could assert contributory negligence or assumption of the risk, something like that on the part of the passenger? Um. Thank you. I, I, I'm not sure that would apply. I mean, my understanding is it's almost a strict liability yeah. type of incident with, with regard to an accident under the Montreal Convention. Mm-hmm. I, I will just point out with the Fishman case. Um, so you had the use of the hot compress, um, which which was deemed normal at the time. So that wasn't technically the accident. The accident was the dripping of the hot water, the unreasonably hot water onto the child. And in this case, the, the defendants alleging the stairs were, were normally used, um, I would just suggest that it was the step off of the last step, the unreasonable height difference, which is the accident, not the use of stairs which would norm, which are normally used on this type of case. How do we, how do we know? Um, it was, let's suppose that we had evidence that showed for the last 500 times those stairs were used at various terminals and airports, there was always a 13-inch drop at the last step, then I would assume someone would argue that, that you can hardly say it's unusual or unexpected if it's always that way. Yes, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, we don't have that evidence in this case. Um, the, there's no evidence of how often they were used, only that they, they, it's normal for them to use it in, in this case. Um, you know, at, at some point, that step off has to become unreasonable. Um, what if it was a three-foot step off and the airline's position is just because we use them on occasion or normally when there's a jetway broken, uh, that it's, it's okay and we can't be held liable. And I would revert back in this case that we had our expert um, come in, used various standards. There's some argument about whether British Airways was voluntarily part of, part of these standards or not. But... At the very least, British Airways should have known um, that the use of these stairways um, was unreasonable and could lead to a misstep, which it did in this case. Um, 
the court in this court in Dodge appears to add on a second prong of the test. However, it appears that the court today doesn't seem to be focused on that, only that it was an unexpected or unusual event. So, again, I would suggest that our expert... Are you referring to use of the word inappropriate? Correct. And I think the court took that added prong from the Fishman case, but I don't believe the Fishman case says that, only that in the Fishman case, that can be a cause for an accident. The British Airways makes much of the fact that the standards your experts cite are not mandatory, quote-unquote, standards. What do you make of that? Sure. One of them was voluntary, that British Airways was voluntarily part of this. But I would say it really doesn't matter. They knew of it, or at least should have known of it. There's another standard that is cited that specifically regards telescopic stairs, and it says that the maximum safety height should be, I believe it was 10.24 inches. In our case, we're 13 inches, we're almost double the step off of every other step that the plane had used at that time. When you say that they should have known of it, that sounds like you're talking about a traditional negligence case. Don't you need to relate the standards that you're pointing to, not to what they knew or should have known, but to what is either unexpected or unusual? I agree, Your Honor. I think, again, I keep reverting back to my expert, but that's who I'm relying on in this case, as he has testified that it was unexpected. It was unusual to have that significant height difference as compared to, not as compared, just in general. He never said it was unusual to have that as compared to other portable stairs used by airlines. Correct. He did not review any other portable stairs. There are, personal experience, there are, airlines can bring in an added step, they can add on a ramp, and in this case, again, with the excessive, I don't think there's any dispute that it was an excessive step off. It was double the other steps. Nothing was done to assist the passengers in any way, whether a warning or an additional step or a ramp or having someone there guide the passengers off. Again, I would suggest that that was unusual. There was also ground personnel that was... You'd suggest that what was unusual? I'm sorry? You suggest, you just said, I would suggest that was unusual, and I don't understand what the that refers to. The excessive step. Is there any evidence that this portable staircase was different than any other portable staircase used by an airline for deboarding? There is no evidence. How can we say it was unusual? Our expert is saying it's unusual. I see your point, Your Honor. Our expert is saying that it was excessive and it was dangerous. And that may make it unexpected. Correct. But I haven't been able to find in the summary judgment record any evidence that it was unusual. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I shouldn't use that word. So more unexpected. Four minutes remaining. Of course, it was only unexpected if it was unusual, wouldn't it? Mm. I'm, I'm sorry. To separate the two. I'm sorry, Your Honor, I didn't hear you. It's a little hard to separate unexpected and unusual because if it was unusual, that makes it more likely it was unexpected. And con conversely, if it was the constant, ever-present condition, you'd have a harder time saying it's unexpected. So I think you're... you're what we need to focus on is what the the thirteen inch drop off is that unusual or unexpected? Mm -hmm. And again, um, I, I'm pointing to my expert who is is in industry opine that it is it is an excessive, unreasonable height difference, um, double double the length of all the other stairs. Um, and in his opinion, um, yeah, it, it it was dangerous and led to uh, my client's fall. Let me see if either of my colleagues have any more questions for you. I'm content. Thank you. Anything, anything more you need to say to wrap up, or are you all set? I, I'm sorry. I, there's no nothing further. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Attorney Chris Anthopoulos, at this time you can mute your audio and video. Attorney Lethland. Please go ahead and unmute your audio and video and introduce yourself on the record to begin. Good morning, and may it please the court. My name is Marissa Leftland, and I represent Apelli British Airways. British Airways respectfully requests that this court affirm the decision of the district court, which correctly held that Ms. Moore uh, cannot show that British Airways was liable for her injuries um, because she could not show that she was injured as the result of some unexpected or unusual event that was external to her as required by Article 17 of the Montreal Convention. All of the evidence in this case shows that the staircase in question was operating normally, appropriately, and as intended. All of the evidence shows that the staircase was set up properly, that it was functioning properly, and that it was otherwise uh, in good working order. Um, as was discussed a few moments ago, the, the standard in this case is not negligence. The standard in this case is whether Ms. Moore was injured as the result of an accident. Uh, and although much has been made about the fact that the distance between the final step and the ground was greater than the distance between the preceding steps, that may be true, but it doesn't render the condition an accident as required by Article 17 of the Montreal Convention. Well, you, well, say, you say that may be true. I mean, that is true. The step, the step is considerably steeper than any of the other steps. It was deeper. Yes, it was, okay. Judge Salia. So that on, on your rationale, if the final step is 20 feet from the ground, that's all right, too, as long as it's used all the time. 20 feet? 20 feet, yeah. Well, that, that, would, certainly, um, that would certainly be a drop, wouldn't it? It certainly would. Well, I, I, I would say that this, this staircase was, was inspected twice after the incident. No, it was no, one, no one is saying that the staircase isn't in, in proper condition. The question is whether, whether to me... The question is, is whether an experienced air traveler, a hypothetical reasonable passenger, as we said in the other argument, would expect to, to find such a sharp variance 
in the height of the steps when she was going down a portable staircase in the process of the boarding. And if a jury could answer that question in the affirmative on this record, I'm struggling with the notion of why this case was decided on summary judgment. Well, Judge Salia, this I, your your hypothetical, I think, gets gets back to the question of why we consider this question of accident from the objective perspective, right? And and not from what this passenger or perhaps her her colleague personally expected. I agree with that. And in and in Sachs, the U.S. Supreme Court noted that when an injury indisputably results from the normal operation of the aircraft. There has been no accident. So, but that, but take my case where you've got the last step is a twenty foot drop, but that's normally the way that 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 haphazard airlines, which is the carrier you know that I'm representing, operates. We have portables. We deboard a portable staircase. The last step is a twenty foot drop. The fact that it's our normal operating procedure can't possibly insulate us from liability, can it? Well, I, 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 I think a twenty-foot drop would certainly be um, a different way of of disembarking than than it yes, was it <laughs> than it was than it was in this case. Um, and I note that portable staircases are used all the time, and there mm-hmm. is there's no dispute about that in the record. Um, I, I think that if a twenty-foot drop was used all the time. Um, we, we, we might have a different standard, but in, in this case, um, everyone who looked at the staircase, looked at it, examined it, inspected it, and said, this is the way the staircase always looks. There was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing that should have, or could have, or would have been done if additional... Well, let, me, pers- let me interrupt on that. Are you saying that there's undisputed evidence that there was always a 13-inch drop at the last step? With respect to the 13-inch measurement, I would say that, that nobody nobody measured the distance between the final step and the ground in this case. It should be pointed out. Um, it was estimated by a view of the photograph by Ms. Moore's expert, um, but a British Airways safety officer, the cabin service director, who was like the purser of the flight, and the first officer of the flight all testified that when they looked at the staircase and then when it was inspected more thoroughly at an inspection when it was the staircase was taken out of service, everyone said that it was how it was meant to be, I think was the testimony. Well, but, but go back to my question. Certainly when they measured it when it was out of service, it wouldn't have had necessarily the same configuration relative to the ground or the ground on the same. So I go back to my question. Are you saying that it's undisputed that there was always a 13-inch drop on the last step whenever that whenever staircases are used? I, I can't speak specifically as to the specific inches because that, that wasn't taken and I, I, I don't want to misrepresent. Well, that, that it would, that's what we're talking about here is the 13-inch drop. I will say that when when the parties conducted a an inspection of the staircase in question, the staircase was put to the setting for a Boeing triple seven, which was the same aircraft that was used that Ms. Moore had traveled on right before the incident. And the distance between the final step and the ground 
Ms. Moore testified, she, she looked at a photograph from that inspection, and she testified that the distance between the final step and the ground, as shown in that photograph from the inspection, was the same as the distance between the final step and the ground that she observed on that day. And her expert, by looking at the size of the binder that was lined up by that step, estimated that that was a 13-inch drop. That was his estimate, yes. Okay. So how how can you say how can we how can we say that a jury couldn't find that a 13 inch drop is unexpected it's quite a drop compared to seven inches given the nature of a misstep accident because the question in this case the the, the courts the courts seem to look for some sort of predictability and the courts always consider not whether the passenger personally expected it or um there, there was the, the Gotts case out of the District of Massachusetts. And the passenger in the plaintiff in that case was putting a piece of baggage in the overhead baggage compartment. And another passenger reached up very suddenly, had his arm in the, in the plaintiff's face, and it caused the plaintiff to um, personally be very surprised about that, hyperextended his shoulders and sustained shoulder injuries. Yes, but let's go back to the stairs and let me take a version of Judge Sellier's example. Suppose it was 20 inches. Suppose there's a 20 inch drop at the last step. Anyone who doesn't notice that or isn't warned of it is going to go head over heels onto the tarmac. Well, I, say, I wouldn't. Are you saying a 20 inch drop at the last step would be that British Airways was tell us that's not on. That's something we should expect when we travel on British Airways. Your Honor, I would argue that in that case, what we would have to look at is whether British Airways adhered to all of the requirements, its policies and procedures um, in setting up the staircase. And there is no evidence that any other staircase at Heathrow was any different. There is no evidence that any airline set up its staircases any differently or had any different uh, height difference between the bottom step and the ground. I don't and think I've heard it. I don't think I've heard an answer to my question about the 20-inch drop. Is that something we should expect traveling on British Airways? Reasonable passengers should expect. If that is the way that the British Airways and other similar staircases are set up, and if that is standard and appropriate and intended for those staircases, then yes, it would be, um, it would be objectively expected. And then what if there are a bunch of voluntary standards that say, please don't do that, it's dangerous? A, a lot um, has been made about um, the height differences that the plaintiff's expert has proposed. And the word standard has been used quite a lot in um, the briefing and the argument. Um, but there is nothing to suggest that those proposed heights are in fact standard or that they have been adopted by Heathrow, by other airports, or by other airlines. There, there is simply nothing that is standard about them. Well, is it, couldn't a juror say, 13 inches sounds like a heck of a drop to me after going down 20 plus steps of seven inch risers. And, um, and then I see there are these standards out here. They're voluntary, but given that it seems a little unexpected and the standards suggest that it shouldn't be that way, couldn't a jury find that it's really not the norm to have a 13-inch drop? Well, the real question, Judge Kayada, is whether it was the norm. 
and that a, a height has been proposed um, doesn't render in the norm. And if we go back to Sachs, when, an, when um, an, an injury indisputably results from the normal operation of the staircase, even if it wasn't personally expected by the passenger, there has been no accident. So what's what's the rule? No matter no matter how dangerous something is, if it's the normal way in which the airline operates, there's no accident and thus no liability. I mean that seems to create a perverse incentive for an airline not to take any safety precautions at all. Well, Judge Sellian. Four minutes remaining. I would argue that aviation is one of the most regulated and standardized industries in the world. And air carriers are required to adhere to countless stringent safety requirements. And in this case, the airline was conducting its business in a manner that was typical and appropriate and was completely in line um, with how it had been operating and continues to operate. And so for that reason, um, I would disagree that airlines would not have incentives to um, institute safety measures as appropriate. Yeah, but, but, but a rule that says, because you now you started off with normal and now you're talking about typical, which to me pretty much mean the same thing. A rule that says that just because you always do something the same way, and, and you continue to do it, you're insulated from liability, creates no incentive at all uh, for you to be safe. You know, what if the norm on, on let's not talk about British Airways, let's talk about uh, Airline X. What if the norm on Airline X is that it's all right for the, for the pilots to have a few drinks before they take off? Well, in, in that case, Your Honor, that would be a violation of federal uh, uh, aviation. Yeah, some, some, some agency rule, but, but conceive of something where the, where the regulators just haven't, just haven't acted, all right? That the, that, that the pilots can fly with their eyes closed, something that, that's so absurd that the regulators wouldn't even think of putting it in the regulation. The fact that it's normal, the normal way the airline chooses to operate I'm struggling with the notion that that insulates them from liability. In that kind of case, Your Honor, I would expect that the plaintiff would be required to show that that kind of conduct was either acceptable in the industry or otherwise normal in the industry. Um, and in that case, I would argue that the plaintiff would be able to show that that sort of conduct was not appropriate or uh, acceptable or otherwise um, usual. This case is different beca because so, so it's the industry that governs, not the not the community standards. So so even 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 if even if if reasonable people uh, might agree that a thirteen inch drop is precipitous after the number of stairs that had seven-inch risers, the fact that that industry wouldn't agree, that insulates you from liability? Yes, Your Honor. I believe that in that kind of case, a plaintiff would 
would be able to show that just because one airline did it this way, it, it, it doesn't mean that it's uh, normal or that, that, that it's expected or that it's usual. Um, this case is different in that the plaintiff wasn't able to show that anything about this condition was unexpected or unusual um, anywhere or or by anyone. And by anyone, I mean any carrier. You're measuring unexpected by unexpected by the airline. I don't think unexpected is measured by that from that perspective. Well, doesn't, I think doesn't the SAC standard require it to be unexpected from the vantage point objectively of the objective objective standpoint of the of the hypothetical reasonable passenger, maybe reasonably informed passenger? may be able to make an argument to that extent, but not from the vantage point of the airline. It, it is an objective standard. I, I agree, Judge Selya. Yeah, but um, from, from whose vantage point do we measure whether it's unexpected? It seems to me your argument hinges on the notion that we ought to measure it from the vantage point of the airline. I would submit, Judge Salia, that in this case, the plaintiff could not show that it was objectively unusual from any vantage point. There was nothing to be shown from the air carrier's perspective, from the air carrier community's perspective. So, that's so time. Usually, okay. All right. You, you may finish up. For these reasons, Judge Kayada, um, British Airways respectfully requests that this court affirm the decision of the district court. Thank you, Ms. Leflin. That concludes arguments in this case. Attorney Chris Anthopoulos and Attorney Leflin, you should disconnect from the hearing at this time.